Hi, this is Kristen, and I am so excited to bring you this new podcast that Natalie and I recorded. Also, I had a couple things to tell you about. We are on the second printing of my book, God's Sex Musical Theater. It is out. So if you've been looking for a copy, we are on the second printing. It's available now. It is available anywhere you get your fine books. Also, if you haven't heard it, on iTunes, there is a spoken word album of God Sex Musical Theater. I'd love for you to check it out. And thirdly, if you've been wanting to write a solo show, Maddie Corman, who I did accidentally brave with, and I love her. She's like a soul sister to me. She and I are doing a six-week class called Write Your Solo Show. So we're going to be talking about writing that solo performance piece all the way to getting it up, getting it on the stage, and getting it out into the world because we have done it and we want yours in the world. So if you want to know any more about that, you can go to my website or you can email Classes at gmail.com. And enough talking. Let's get on with the podcast. Oh. It's podcast time. It's podcast time. And for those of you listening, we're in the same room. We are in the same room. It never happens. It never happens that we're in the same room. It's been so long. It's really fun to look at your face. It's really, your outfit's really cute. Is it really? I thought about my outfit and I felt like, I might be letting you down because it didn't feel like, well, I like this new skirt. It's vintage. Yes. This is like an old tried and true. I just didn't have that many cute things in my suitcase. But I like that you mixed old and new. Kristen's wearing a really cute jean skirt. It was the first thing I noticed. And you all know that I really think Kristen has very beautiful legs. So I like you in a jean skirt. I've been doing, <laughs> Selfishly, I felt like very excited I've about been it. doing bar classes lately. <laughs> Amazing. Uh-huh. I have like a, a frock on. Oh, I have Nat- like a mama frock. Natalie <laughs> looks like picture perfect mother. I'm going to describe it for you. Her, this is, it's, it's eyelet. It's a lace eyelet dress. Yep. And it's, it's this pastel green. Yeah. It's, it's kind a, of like a minty. Yeah. Or pistachio. Pistachio. It's so beautiful. I love the color. Yeah. yeah it's a gorgeous color and it looks just so summery and it's like, 87 degrees out maybe it might be 90 it's It's the kind of dress that a baby can spit on and you wouldn't even notice no but you look so fresh and cool (laughs) and then you put it with your little pink purse and I was like it is a it is a just a summer dream it's all about the pastels I feel kind of like a creamsicle that creamsicle is exactly what's happening yes that's Um, right so uh, all of you are getting all that information because we have not been in the same room together in so long and this podcast came to life from conversations we used to have just sitting over a glass of wine, you know, sitting late night in our apartment in New York together, just hanging out, going for walks in the park. And thankfully we had the podcast all through COVID and all through the crazy times that we've just had, but it's so beautiful to actually be in the same space again after so long. I just like to talk to you about life and creativity and spirituality. I like your brain. I like how you think about things. I'm, <laughs> by the way, I'm going to take off my shoes. Get and look comfortable. At, it's going to be like Foley. Get comfortable. Oh, there the, you yeah, go. yeah, yeah. It's like a little Velcro action. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, yeah. so many fun things. Aren't these cute shoes They're too? Really They're cute. like yeah. cute little yeah. sandals. Um, I like everything that's happening. Asymmetrical black sandals. I'm telling you guys about them at home. So we're going to do something (laughs) kind of fun today. Oh, I just want fun so bad. I want to enjoy myself. And I find that with podcasts these days, I'm like, don't teach me anything. I know. I don't want to learn anything. I don't want to learn anything. My brain is too hot. My, yeah, my brain is hot. It's full. There's a lot to process. I want a good time. Yeah, we want to have fun. I want to have fun. I want to remember that life is beautiful and that friendship is great. Um, yes. And today we're going to answer some questions. We got questions from our community. Which is actually really one of my favorite things because we did used to teach in, in person. Yeah. Or teach, I use that term very, very loosely. We, we used to have workshops in person. Um, and there was so much joy and energy in the room, being in the room with people. And so, you know, obviously this podcast has evolved our conversations, but how fun to bring in some of the community to this podcast. So Kristen was sneaky and she posted in the Create Community Facebook page and said, what do you guys want to know? What do you want to talk about? And you gave us some ideas and we thought, let's do that. 
And what's really fun is we didn't spend too long thinking about these questions beforehand. Almost no, no time at all. We were so, talking about outfits. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to find out in real time what we actually think about these things. Which is so fun. Okay. Um, okay. The first question uh, is from our dear friend Meredith, who we love more than life itself. And Meredith says, can you talk about priorities? How to balance things like motherhood, self-care, career, relationships, and still feel like a badass? Oh, okay. I, I have my answer. Go for it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but these three words, I don't know, have set me free. What I have embraced is I don't know, and it's okay that I don't know, and nobody knows. Yeah. And all I can do is be inside, I don't know. So when I really go, yeah, I don't know about my relationships. I don't know about my career. I don't know what today has. I don't know. Then it kind of frees me and yeah. creates the space. And then I'm no longer trying to push an agenda of what I think my life needs to be or should be. And then I'm free to actually be in the moment with a curious and open mind. Yeah. I, I suddenly become more receptive and present, like I'm actually here with you because I'm not trying to make anything happen. So then whatever wants to happen can happen. And I'm much more relaxed and I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. And if you, you know, I, I do think that there's this really beautiful gift of beginner's mind, right? Because you have no expectation of what's supposed to happen or how you're supposed to be or how you're supposed to do something. And that's usually when your instincts are the most alive because you're just leading with curiosity. Yeah. And when you lead with curiosity, you let the present moment say, what about this? What yeah. about this? So it, it's more, it feels like it's more in accordance to nature to yeah. just let curiosity lead the way. I also think that balance creates shame. Ooh. bear with me because you know when you go to like being a kid riding your bike kind of thing it's like how do you know you're in balance it's by always being out of balance right that's how you find balance it's like i'm a little too far to the left a little too far to the right so your balance is in an unrelenting standard like it doesn't actually exist balance is just the opposing forces of always being out of balance yeah so i feel like this idea that we're supposed to strive to balance is kind of like internalized not enoughness yeah it's like internalized you're never going to be balanced but spend your life trying to get there yeah and really what happens there's this beautiful uh thing that i always think about it's from the musical big fish <laughs> <laughs> i just yes. loved that musical and norbert leo butts sings this beautiful song called how it ends and he's really like an old man at the end of his life talking about what he now knows about life. And like, this is how it ends. And he says, knowing where the pavement bends, you find your life. And so it's like, the only thing I know is that every time there was a turn I didn't expect, or I went down this road instead of that one, like that became my life. Yeah. It, it wasn't doing everything the way I was supposed to. It wasn't getting it right. It wasn't yeah. like living this life that is this balance between all these things. It was like letting it all fall on the floor and making mistakes and doing the wrong thing. And, you know, it was that stuff that ended up creating the life that he was then looking back with such beauty. Yes. Upon, you that, know, that reminds me, Rob Bell has this new audio book called there's no such thing as a straight river that nature doesn't really do straight lines. Everything has bends and twists and turns in them. And uh, as do our lives, that's part of the whole point. Yeah. You know, and when I say, I don't know, it actually frees me up because there is something inside of me that does know, but I don't have to grasp for that. I can let it unfold inside the moment. And I do think part of getting lost is so that we can find ourselves yeah. and we let that process happen over and over and over again. That the imbalance is mm -hmm. always teaching us about balance. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like, Oh, I went a little too far that way. That, that, that shows me to go a little more this way. Right. But it's not wrong that it happens that way. It's not like I'm not in balance. So I did something wrong. It's like, no, that's the point. That's the point. That's why I kind of prefer, you know, in my own life, I don't, use the word balance as much as I use the word harmony because mm. for me harmony is you know when I hear people singing in harmony and it's these four parts but they're all happening at once yeah but they're all happening 
harmoniously. So yes. it's like, yes, I have all these things happening in my life, career, mothering, friendship, being a partner, you know, like paying my bills, paying taxes, like all those things are happening yeah. in my life. These are all the different parts. And it's not about being in balance. It's not about like, you know, how I find balance among them. It's saying, how can I in this moment feel a harmony between all the aspects of my life? That I feel that all the aspects of my life are actually working with each other, not that I have to balance them. Yeah. So, you know, obviously being a new mom, it's like, okay, how do I bring in this energy that I'm discovering being a mother? How do I bring in this new life into the other parts of my life yeah. that, that they can be harmonious. And, and that means that I don't hold them all at the same time. You know, it means that I'm always listening to life telling me like, you know, this is the calling of this moment and it might be different the next moment. So I think this idea of balance implies that I have to put one down to serve the other one and, and they're all in compartments as opposed to saying, how is my life working harmoniously for everything that I am in this moment and everything that I came here to be? And if I start asking those questions, it's like life reveals how they actually support each other. Life reveals. That is so true. And I have found even, you know me, I like to do 12 projects at the same time. You it's really do. You always have more projects than I'm like, how is Kristen doing all those projects? I always ask that question. It's just who I am. Like <laughs> it's literally who I am and I can't get away from it. And what I find is I like to listen and hear come up inside of me what needs attention in the moment. Yeah. Like I like, and you'll always have like, a little list and they have all my projects on it and like what the next action is with. But in, I have found that instead of like making a list of here's all the things I need to do today, what works better for me is if I just drop in and go, oh, at this moment, what's the next right action? Mm -hmm. And I can hear it. So as opposed, as opposed to opposing, imposing it to listen to that part of me that does know in the moment. And in the same way, I think if we just show up naturally for life, our life starts to harmonize. Our friendships start to fit with our romantic relationships and our career. And there's a way that things start to flow naturally. Yes. Yeah, if we allow it to. Like in nature, mm -hmm. like the, the roses and the trees and the, the hay, it, mm -hmm. it all coexists. Yes, and the roses and the trees and the hay. There's a hay. I, I just love what, what I don't that, was, that made me so happy. Like everything, every there's a place. Yeah, there's, there's a place. Time, there's a breath. Yes. You know, there's there's room. There's room. Right. There's room. Um, you know, one thing that I've been thinking a lot about, and a, a mentor said this to me, is I, I was asking a question about mothering. And the question was actually pertaining to my relationship with my partner. Yeah. And I was saying, you know, there's like, how can we learn to co-parent? How can we really learn to be in this new arrangement that we've never been in before in a, in a, like, in a way that's harmonious? And you know what the mentor said to me? She said, ask the baby. Oh. And I was like, ask the baby. My baby's 10 weeks old. But it was just in the thought that inside the unit of the family, there's wisdom of how this family now operates. Yeah. Right. And baby as part of this co-creation also has wisdom. So, yeah. you know, it was a really interesting thing that I did one day just to look at my beautiful baby's face. And I just felt infused with, oh, it's through listening to each other. Yeah. It's through being present with each other. Like she was infusing me just by being what she is that, yeah, that's what my partner and I need, more presence, more listening, more joy, you know, just more of what she was in her essence. So I also think that there's this thing of, to Meredith's question, with career, with relationship, with ask each of those parts of yourself. Yeah. Ask, ask of the relationship, show me. Yeah. You know, ask at what is the next step? And if one isn't revealed, Maybe there isn't one right now, yeah. you know, and, and getting into a relationship where you can trust that the things that are in your life are for you. Your life is for you. It's all designed for you. So you can trust that all of those things have wisdom for you as well. And you don't have to manage them. Yeah. You can be in partnership and relationship with them.
That's beautiful. Thank you. I also want to share with our listeners that I'm having a nice iced coffee. So you may hear um, the Foley sounds of ice. I, you know what I find about you today? You're, you're giving us a very sensorial podcast with the shoes oh, and the ice, ice and the coffee. coffee. Yeah, I'm in my senses. You're really in your senses. <laughs> I really am in my senses. And I really want the listeners at home to know. But I think about this a lot because um, when I was going through my baby being really in a newborn phase, yeah. how I got through the sleep deprivation and how hard mm. some of those moments felt like some of those moments really felt like I was drowning yeah. and how I got through it is I went to my senses yeah. and I just kept saying, stop and smell the baby. You know, when they oh. say stop and smell the roses, I kept saying to myself, stop and smell the baby. And it would work every time. Like I would smell that new baby smell and it was like, I was still exhausted and I still felt overwhelmed, but those things started moving into the background because the senses brought me into the present moment and out of the projection of, you know, well, the tired and whatever else was going on. That is so wise. And I think we can all stop and smell the baby <laughs> and letting the baby be whatever is here. Yeah. Right. So whatever yeah. this moment has, can I stop and smell this moment or listen or hear? Cause that's going to get me out of the brain that wants to create a story or a narrative about the past or the future that is going to uh, create the story of overwhelm, yes. whatever kind of story that's going to, you know, when my nervous system is just like, Rah! you know, and that's harmony. Yes. When you stop and get present with life, you are now in harmony with life. You're not trying to control life, move life, fix life. You're in harmony with life. And then your life becomes harmonious. Yeah. Ooh, nice one. Thanks. Um, all right, now Evelyn, who we love, says, I miss you guys so much. And I'm always down to hear what's coming up for you. And it always resonates for me. Isn't that beautiful? That's great. Ooh, I love that so much. I hope this is resonating too. Um, okay, Shara, this is- Oh wait, what's coming up for you? Oh, oh yeah, I uh, went right past that. Yeah. Like, like we already said, um, what is coming up for me? I'm in an exploration of communication. I'm really learning how, because how I'm feeling into parenting and I'm learning how to be a parent, what I really connect the most with is instead of like Googling how much is my baby supposed to eat by this amount of time? Like how much should she be sleeping by this amount of time? I find all those things cause me like information overload. It's like mm -hmm. we said, like, don't teach me anything. Like it just gets so, um, so many other voices get so overwhelming that I'm really finding that if I'm just in listening and communication with what's, what's coming up for her in this moment. And I actually find when I talk to the baby now we're going to change your diaper. And now this is the elevator. Do you remember the elevator? Obviously she's looking at me like I have 10 heads and she probably can't even see me. Right. But there's something in saying to her as things are happening, exactly what's happening in a really regulated way. I notice that she is calm so much of the time. Mm. It's like, I don't just do things to her. Like I don't just start changing her diaper. I say, I'm going to change your diaper now. And then after we do that, I'm going to put your pajamas on. And then after we do that, and I just, I let, like, I let her in on it. It's a co-creation. It's just all the things we're doing together. So constantly all day long, I'm just in communication with her. I'm in dialogue, just telling her now we're going to go for a walk. This is the park. Do you, do you remember the park? <laughs> Again, she's looking at me like I have three heads, but I feel her nervous system as I'm in clear, direct communication with her. I feel how calm she is. I feel how she feels safe. And so then it just makes me think, how can I be in communication with life that way? How can I be in communication with my friends that way, with my partner? Um, and so, you know, even I was just in Canada spending time with my family and I just really made an effort to just be in really direct communication. Here's what I'm feeling today. Here's what I'd like today. Here's my request for today. Here's what I'd love to do today. And I just noticed that life really responds to that direct, calm communication because resentment doesn't build up, boundaries don't get crossed because there's a constant 
dialogue about what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what my desire is, what I would like, what I wouldn't like. Um, and even learning how instead of saying that's bad or that's good, saying that didn't feel good to me or I don't agree with that, but it gives it gives the other person space that they can still have their voice. And, you know, just, just because I don't agree with it doesn't make it right or wrong. Yeah. Right. So I'm just kind of really learning through mothering to just be direct, clear, and almost in a constant communication. And I find that as I'm within that communication with life as well, I feel scared today. I notice myself wanting to make up a story that I'm too tired and I can't do this, but it's like, I'm just communicating it without making any, you know, meaning really out of it. Just this is where the communication is. And I find that the communication is coming back. Mm. That's beautiful. When you were talking about uh, with your with your daughter having that conversation, I was what came up in me is, oh, I can see myself doing that to myself saying, now we're walking to the car. Yes. You remember the car. Yes. Here we are now we're getting in the car. But it's a way of actually slowing ourselves down and grounding. Grounding. It creates safety yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. That kind of like it's a narration of here we are. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. And I makes me wonder if what has happened sometimes in life is oh, I can speak for myself, feeling just pulled by this current without time to like stop and ground and assess. And, it's and a I'm real... choosing this, or I want to go here, mm-hmm. or I don't feel like going there. And the self-check-in is part of it. It's a way of really honoring the self and also honoring the process of life while you're in it. I love that. And I loved what you talk about when you were talking about using phrases like, this doesn't feel good to me because it leaves space for the other person's reality. It yes. lets them in on what you're experiencing and also leaves room for their experience. Right. Cause so often it's like, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Th- that's not good. Yep. Well then I'm, I'm now dictating that your reality has to agree with mine yep. as opposed to creating space that we're, we can have different realities. Yep. You know, I have a collaborator that today sent a text message saying, I took too much on, mm. I took too much on and I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I, I chose to take these things on and I didn't realize until this very moment that I'm past capacity. And it was on a chain where all these collaborators are on it. And it was really interesting because two of us responded immediately. Thank you for telling us. Let's have a conversation. Let's figure out how to solve these problems. And I was thinking what a service it is when in any kind of relationship, someone says how they're actually feeling. Yeah. Because if someone doesn't say out loud their experience, you actually can't be there for them. Yes. Right? If someone doesn't let you in on what's going on inside of them, you don't know. So I was thinking about if this collaborator had kept that secret or not communicated it or didn't try to muscle it, through. Right. And, mm-hmm. We just wouldn't know. Yeah. And I, I thought how many times I cannot fully communicate my inner experience. Yes. And it's a way of actually being of service to the relationship is saying, here is what I'm experiencing. Yes. Yes. Right. And I love this because this collaborator didn't say it is the fault of everybody else because you didn't do enough. Uh-huh. It said, I chose things and yes. I'm overwhelmed and I need help. And it was just, it was so wonderful. And I was just thinking about, oh, uh, as we learn that community creates solutions and that we need each other and we are supposed to be interdependent, it requires uh, a level of people being able to communicate what their experience is in order for us to really function the way we can in community. Yes. And I think that we've been so trained to keep up with appearances or act tough or fake it till we make it or muscle through. And it's really, we gaslight ourselves all the time. I I even, you know, would apply this to, I know Evelyn is an actor, so I'll, I'll apply this to like an acting situation. There are times when I'm doing an audition or I'm doing a tape, I'm doing it over and over and it's just not 
you know, and I can tell, and I'm getting frustrated. It's just not quite the work I know I can do. Something's not jiving. Maybe I'm stuck in my head. And like the more takes I do, the worse it gets. And in that moment, if I just stop and I just put my hand on my body and I say, I'm so scared right now. The thing I'm most, I'm trying to avoid feeling is that I'm not good at the thing I love the most. Like if I just own that and I just admit it to myself that I'm just, there's a fear. The thing I'm trying to avoid feeling now is. Yes. That is awesome. And that's what all what the. great tool. Right. The thing I'm trying to avoid feeling is. <gasps> and as soon as I can name it to myself, oh, I love this and I feel not good at the thing I love. And I don't want to feel that. And then I just let myself feel that. Oh, I feel, oh, I feel like a failure and I don't want to feel that. Oh, I feel like I'm letting myself down. I feel like I'm letting my art down. Oh, as soon as I feel it, it runs through my body. It leaves my body. And then I go, okay, now I can do the take. Because now I can do the take as the person who loves this so much. And I can do the take as the person who feels those vulnerabilities. And, I can, and, and usually that's the best acting, right? Because yeah. that's the, that's what, that, that's probably what the role is calling for. So it's like what I'm avoiding in myself, I, I can't bring to life. And if life is calling me to bring myself forward, I have to bring all myself forward, including the parts of myself I'm trying to avoid. Now I learned something. I was trying not to learn something this entire time. And now I've learned something. Um, what's coming but, up for you? Well, I wanted just to share I actually do listen to podcasts all the time where I learn things. <laughs> and I was today learning, listening to this Mark Groves podcast where he was uh, interviewing Therapy Jeff. Do you follow Therapy Jeff on Instagram and mm -hmm, TikTok? That I will now. Oh my gosh. He's brilliant. Are, all, you, are you on TikTok? I'm one of those old people that's not on TikTok. Yeah, yeah I just got on TikTok. <gasps> but I, I mean, like I have like four videos. I am an old person on TikTok. Um, I'll be an old person on TikTok. But someone you. young just said to me, you don't seem as old as you are on TikTok. Something like that. They're like, they said, you can always tell an old person on TikTok by the tone of their, of their voice, but you don't sound as old as your generation. And I wow. said, thank you. She was like, no, you actually sound authentic. And I was like, <laughs> I was actually just going to say how awful that I just like used ageism against I mean, ourselves. But then you also yeah, had yeah, that yeah. experience on oh, TikTok. I, so. I learned recently that, oh, we're now called people from the late 1900s. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> awesome? Okay. I just, Beautiful. no, I'm embracing all of it. Beautiful. But Therapy Jeff and Mark Rose were having a conversation about how our culture makes not having needs look sexy. Oh. And so we all, what well, we often, or I will say sometimes I have walked around trying to hide or push down my needs mm -hmm. and how that's like in, in the culture. And I think especially as we were raised, um, there was this, you know, I think of like when I was in my twenties, like the book, the rules was so big and it was basically like, pretend like you don't have needs, yeah. which is like just being authentic. Cause eventually if you get into any kind of relationship, you're going to have needs. And yeah. If you're a human, you have needs. Yeah. 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 They're good. And, and to deny that is to not deny someone who you actually are. Mm. And I thought it was just super brilliant. So I just wanted to like piggyback that when you were talking about, I have to bring all of myself, even the parts I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. And I thought that was beautiful. What, what's coming up for me recently is I'll, here's another podcast where I learned something. There's a great podcast that Martha Beck does called uh, Bewildered. And she had Elizabeth Gilbert as a guest recently. They're having a long talk about the patriarchy, which I always love to listen to. But my favorite part of the podcast was Elizabeth Gilbert says, now I only go to people at events that feel like warm vanilla pudding. She said, and even if it doesn't feel like if it feels like if it doesn't feel like warm vanilla pudding and I don't know why I'll still take myself away it's just listening to my intuition like you were talking mm -hmm. about intuition so I've been really giving myself permission to let my life feel like warm vanilla pudding uh. and if something doesn't feel like warm vanilla pudding I don't have to do it mm. like as a gift of love mm. and then for the things I don't actually like doing like bookkeeping that I want to do as a gift of love to myself. 
how can I make this feel like warm vanilla pudding? Mm-hmm. Because there's a way, it's, you know, you marry Poppins it. Yes. You know, you find a way to make it all feel like warm vanilla pudding, even those uncomfortable conversations yeah. that you want to have. So that is something that I have, and feel like warm vanilla pudding in my body, mm-hmm. that it's a somatic thing. So just checking in with my body and where, Am I holding tension that wants to release? Where does my, where does my, my body hold on to secret doubt or fear? Mm. And sometimes it's just having a conversation with that part of me that is scared and loving it and giving it whatever it needs so that that feeling in the body can be witnessed and then I can relax. And then that moment can turn into warm vanilla pudding. Mm. you know because often the fears that are taking over my body and making me feel like I have to push or hustle or have some sort of agenda they're unconscious until I notice them in my body and then once I do I can love them yeah yeah oh that's beautiful and I I just love how Liz does this but and also how you just explained it it, it has such a sensory experience of what that pudding is and warm and the color and the texture and the the softness of it and it just feels like yeah like and we we you know I'm obviously in this constant conversation with new life with a new baby but like she comes in that way she comes in soft and supple and curious and quiet and you know it's like when we train ourselves out of all of that right? We train ourselves out of the instinct, out of the impulse, out of the intuition, out of the, the flow, out of the, she's got nowhere to go and nothing to do. She just listens to what she feels in the moment and then expresses what she wants. Like it's all just so organic. And we somehow convince ourselves that that's not the way to do it. And I love this feeling of, of the return to that, like that's a right. return to that softness. Beautiful. So good. Beautiful. Okay. This one is so exciting for me as a new mommy. Uh, Shara says, how do you get boob juice out of your audition clothes? Boob juice. (laughs) Only I knew. Um, Self-taping through screams. Can you really break up a meditation into five second chunks in between baby wake windows? Uh, Safe sleep. How can we all get some? How to keep your kid from your crystals. (laughs) I love that. Um, Tools we should all live by. Um, I love this. Isn't this so fun? I actually do have some advice about some of this. Okay, give it. Um, vinegar water gets all baby goo out of everything. Whoa. Yeah, vinegar and water in a spray bottle. Like white vinegar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it gets everything out of everything. I mean, your clothes smell like vinegar, but then you don't have baby throw up on you. Um, self-taping through screaming. Do you know that I actually, I have done some self-tapes with baby screaming. And... Um, What I do try to do is when baby's sleeping, I try to take those 10 seconds and get the self-tape done because I do think it's distracting to have screaming in the background. Now in editing, you can get rid of the background noise and that usually makes baby screaming sound like it's coming from the neighbor's apartment, not yours, which is a good thing. But when in doubt, and I'm doing my slate and the baby screaming in the background, I say, hi, I'm Natalie Roy and I'm a new mother, as you can hear. I'm living in New York City and I'm five foot two. Thanks for watching my tape. You know? Oh, that's cute. And I just make a part of it. That's, like, yeah, you that's know, adorable. Uh, we're no longer in live rooms no. and uh, my baby lives in this apartment. It's her space as well. I don't yeah. have the right to tell her not to scream just because I'm doing a self-tape. That's right. Because this is a shared space. Yeah. So um, sometimes I'm screaming when I'm doing my self-tape. <laughs> That's so, you know, I, I just kind of out it. I just make it part of it. Um, now this is, I think a good question for you as well as me. Um, can you really break up a meditation into five second chunks? I think, yes, you can. Oh, absolutely. I feel like, um, the goal of meditation is that your whole life becomes a meditation. And I feel like the baby screaming becoming part of the meditation, right? So it's not that the meditation happens in the quiet moment outside of my life. It's that my, how can I make my life the meditation? Yeah. And I love when Ram Dass would talk about the mantra, I am loving awareness. 
So sometimes my meditation is creating space to be aware and to love whatever I'm aware of. Mm. Mm. And that can be whatever's here. Uh, Deepak actually once talked about a, a meditative experience that I, I don't remember exactly the circumstance, but he was being like a homeless person or like having that experience where he was living on the street with nothing and no shoes. And I remember them him saying that at one point in this journey, you know, he was so hungry and, and living with nothing. And um, it was some sort of exploration of suffering or pain or something. I'm not sure exactly what the intention of it was, but he was talking about how his feet had cracks and sores and open sores and wounds on them. And his meditation be became every time his foot touched the earth, it was excruciating pain. And every time it lifted from the earth, it was a relief from pain. This sounds like me in bar class. Right? Literally. Up an inch, up an inch down, down an inch, up an inch, down an inch. Down an inch. But I loved that, that like walking became the meditation of if I can focus fully on the experience of pain, the relief of pain, the experience of pain, the relief of pain. And the joy that came in the relief from pain and, and just the, the just being with life in that way. Yeah. And so sometimes I think parenting feels like that, like the pain, the relief, the pain, the relief, the crying, the relief it's crying again, the relief, like it's never going to end. They just smiled at me. It's never going to end. I'm never going to be okay again. She just laughed for the first time. Like sometimes I think that's what it starts to feel like. Yeah. And if I can just see that that actually is the meditation that, oh, now I'm here. Now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're here. Oh. Um, now, is that easier said than done? Yes. And, you know, certainly there's been times when baby has screamed so loud and for so long that it's like, I can't find anything other than that sound. Yeah. But somehow you do. Yes. Somehow you do out of, somehow you do. Somehow you do. You know? Yeah. Um, um, how can we get sleep? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer. Um, maybe when she's 18. Yeah. <laughs> um, how to keep your kid away from your crystals. Don't know. <laughs> don't know. How to keep them. All. It's like one of those funny things where it's like, I feel like whatever I try to um, control or keep her away from, that's just the only thing she wants. Oh, so I don't yeah, know how to yeah, navigate yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's just a life. Uh -huh. That's just part of my karma. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. supposed to learn yes. to let go of my control. So I think she's just here to uh, poke all the places I try to control. Oh man. <laughs> Isn't that any good teacher Ooh. to poke at all the places we want to control? <sighs> Cause I feel like all of us are control addicts in different way, but we just have different things we try to control. Yeah. Right. So, and then a really good teacher is the one who will poke holes in that thing that we would try to control, yeah. whether that is how other people see us or how clean our apartment is or yeah. how our partner behaves or, mm -hmm. Um, how much money is in our bank account. I also want to say like, how smart is Shara's little girl who she's like going straight for the crystals. Oh, I like, know. Well done. Yeah, she, 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 she knows. She knows. She knows, she she knows. what he's doing. Um, all right. And now final questions. Are we ready? Yeah. These come from our girl, Jersey. 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 We love you. All right. Ready? Mm -hmm. This is like um, three, three goodies. Whoa. So we may have to do a bit of a is, it, is this like a bit of a speed round? Let's, you know, like let's the do end, a speed at round. At the end of a yeah. podcast. I'm down for it. I'm into it. Kristen, yes. ready? Number one. Yeah. How do you have faith when you can't see tangible proof of what you want happening? Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're entitled to our labor, but not the fruits of our labor. Yep. I feel like we've been talking about that for a long time. Yeah. So um, for me, it's I have to find the fun in the process. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have to let the reward be the actual doing of anything, yeah. whether that is career or relationships or just being human right, right here, right now. Can I, can I get the juice? Can I have the fun? Love it. Okay. And now, um, would love to hear, Oh, wait, you, you go on. Oh, one. I want to do all mine at the end. Okay. 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 Um, see, see how controlling I am. I love <laughs> <the whole system. laughs> um, 
Um, how does this apply to money, career, and all areas of life? Oh yeah. So that whatever the process I'm in, that I'm in, that I'm enjoying the process. Yeah. I'm not trying to get anywhere. I mean, maybe I might have a goal as a as a direction to head for. Yeah. But even holding the goal is light and fun. That the reward is getting to be a human being here on the planet and try for something. How do you ramp up your confidence if you fall into a period of not liking yourself? Oh yeah. Well, that happens all the time. <laughs> I'm like a period. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my sweetness. I remember the kindness of my own heart. I, I just love the girl that's trying underneath yeah. it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I sit and I love her and I say, it's okay that it's hard and it's okay that you want different and just whatever she's feeling I am with. And it helps me when I look in my own eyeballs in the yeah, mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this might be the same question, but what's the first thing you do when you slip into self-doubt? When I slip into self-doubt, I try to become aware of what is the thought that I'm thinking? What am I beating myself up for? Mm. And then I try to see if the opposite is true. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Um and if I'm beating myself up for something, sometimes I have to make a little mental list of all the things I'm nailing just mm -hmm. so it's balanced, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, positive past, yeah. positive present. Yep. yep, love that. Okay, what is the biggest, boldest, most thrilling, creative or life, actually I wanna ask you both questions. Okay. What is the biggest, boldest, most thrilling, creative risk you've ever taken? Oh my gosh, the next one. I know. <laughs> um, well, even right now, you know, my poetry book is being turned into a musical and that feels bananas and crazy. Um, and it's so fun and we're taking lots of risks. Who knows if they'll, any of them will actually manifest into anything. Um, but giving myself permission to be myself and do the thing that turns my heart on the most in this moment, yeah. that is always the biggest risk. And then what's the biggest, boldest, most thrilling life risk you've ever taken? Oh, I take those all the time. I'm such a You're risk taker. You're so good at taking Oh my risks. gosh. I try to find the things that like really scare me and, and do them. I don't suggest this. Like don't, <laughs> if at home, like, you know, do I get myself into home. trouble all the time, <laughs> but I'm such a, a mischievous risk taker that's like, you know, what's the, I'm just a bohemian through are. and through. I'm going to, I'm going to go find all the risky things and do them. Yeah. Yes. I don't even have specifics for you because I, yes, all of them. I know you so personally, and you know me so personally, this question is going to make both of us laugh. Do you have any, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that stories. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> all the time. Oh my goodness. I feel like you should tell one about me and I'll tell one about you. <laughs> um, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. Um, there's so many. There's so I, many. many of them are naughty. I don't know if we can tell them out loud. I know. Should, maybe that's our next podcast. <laughs> might be our next podcast. our next podcast might be, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. Um, okay. And then um, what role, if any, does audacity play in your life? Oh, I try to be as audacious as possible. Mm. Um, and, and not even like a try to be. I think that I'm naturally audacious. I think I'm I think I naturally just came to the planet to be like, um, I'm a little rebel rousal, yes. rouser, you know, like I want to, I'm big. Like I want to make big shows. Yes. I want to take big actions. All the glitter. I, yeah. Yeah. The... And I also just know that we're made of love for love so that anything that the culture would say, oh, that's bad or that's wrong. I'm like, eh, not really. Like we might have a story or a narrative about this thing, but like, we're just, these loving, adorable beings. Now, of course, nothing that would harm anyone yes. else, but I'm just saying, um, I like to free myself and others. You really do. I really do. I love it so much. Okay. okay. Speed round. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Natalie. Yes. How do you have faith when you can't see any tangible proof that what you want is happening? We would I would love to hear about how this process could apply to money, career, basically all areas of life. Okay, so I um, suck at faith. I really I'm like really controlling. I really am like if I if the job's gonna get done, I'm gonna be the one to do it, right? Like I really uh, love to live in independence and then love to create stories of how I'm abandoned by the universe and no one helps me, right? So. 
what I work on and play with constantly is what if I don't do anything? What if I don't do it? What if I don't do it? What if I don't do it? What if I, I'm just not, I'm just not gonna do anything. And then the miracle always motherfucking comes in. And then I have to be like, oh, it works. Oh, it works. Oh, but I want to be controlling again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I am constantly in this really funny thing with life where I'm like, you're not going to show up. So I'm just going to do it. And life goes, okay, you do it if you want to. And then I'm like, okay, I'm too tired. I can't do it anymore. And then life goes, you want me to do it? And it does it, right? So I would say the proof for me in this weird way, the proof is in my angsty desire to not have faith. Oh, I love that. Like the proof of faith is in my determination to not have any. (laughs) Gorgeous, gorgeous. You and I are two sides of the cape. Cause I'm like, I'm I'm always like, divine timing. Totally. I'm like, let's just let the universe take care of things. This is why I love being your friend because you always show me the opposite. (laughs) But like, no, but you remind me of, oh, maybe there's an action to take. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How to ramp up your confidence if you've fallen into a period of not liking yourself. What's the first thing you do if you feel that you've slipped into a place of self-doubt? The first thing I do when I slip into self-doubt is I go, all the way into self-doubt. I go all the way in. I make a pageant of it. I feel it fully. I scream into towels. I cry in the bathtub. I feel so sorry for myself. I make it a total like epic Shakespearean drama. And then on the other side of that, I am laughing so hard at myself. And I think the whole thing is hilarious. And once I get to that place, then I can go, what's real here? Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, (laughs) That's the actor in me. It's so funny. Is there anything you do preemptively to prevent prevent falling down the rabbit hole of self-criticism? No, because (laughs) I actually think life is duality. Mm. And I don't think my job is to avoid self-criticism. I think my job is to experience self-criticism in the same way I experience self-love. Come on. What a good answer. <laughs> I, small story. I may or may not have been on a psychedelic trip <laughs> where I really wanted to look at self-doubt. And I was like, I'm, you know, I've been having a lot of self-doubt. Come on. I, want, I really want to go into it. On this trip, I had no self-doubt. On this trip, I was like, I love myself. I know exactly what I'm doing. Oh my God. It's so fun to be me. And it was literally just like, oh yeah, no, that's in there too. Yeah, oh, it's all in there. It's all in there. It's all in there. Yeah. Like, I think, I think it's when I judge self-doubt yeah. or when I think self-doubt showing up me, when I make up a story that now that self-doubt is here, that must mean I took a wrong turn. Yeah. Then that's the, it's the story that I took a wrong turn. That's the problem. Self-doubt is not the problem. Yes. Self-doubt is just natural part of being a little human. Yeah, exactly. And when I remember that self-doubt is here, just like faith in myself is here. Yes, they're both all here. here. And they're all here at the same time. Boom. What actually does help me is when I use this language. Part of me doubts myself. Part of me does not. Right now in this moment, I'm attuned to the part of myself that doubts myself but it doesn't mean the part of myself that loves and believes in myself also doesn't exist. I'm just not attuned to that right now. Come on. High five to that one. (laughs) You're very smart. Um, What's the biggest, boldest thing, uh, (laughs) most thrilling, creative um, or life risk you've taken? Uh, I actually feel like I'm a little bit different than you that in, in, on a, on the daily, I am not risky. I am like, let me have my, plan. Let me clean my house. Let me do all the things. But then it's like all of a sudden audacity and like crazy risk-taking shoots out of my body one day. And I do crazy things like you do crazy meet things. a man in another country and go, I'm going to marry him yes. and then stay in Paris by myself after my friends leave and fall in love with him and then marry him. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I do crazy things. Um, other crazy things I do is like, I'm going to live in the United States one day. And I put an American dollar bill under my pillow. And I was just like, that's what's happening. And I'm going to open an American bank account. And then like seven years later, I was living in the United States. And yes. like, I, I've always been this person who's like really not a risk taker. And then it's like, I wake up one morning and I am one. And then I'm not one again for a few years. Yeah. I've definitely <laughs> had moments being with you where I was like, She's going fast. Let me see if I can keep up with her. Yeah. Oh, and also when I cut my hair off in Paris, Yes. we were just in Paris and I'm like, I'm going to cut all my hair off and have an anomaly haircut. And I yeah. did that, you know, yeah. but it's like, there's the me that would never cut my hair a day of my life yeah. until the day that I cut my hair. And then I do. 
So what role would you say that Audacity plays in your life? It's kind of like I'm a turtle in her shell and then I have an audacious moment. Like, it's like all of a sudden I'm like, you know, having this very audacious glamour moment and then I go back in for a while. So what I feel like Audacity plays in my life as a role is a reminder to me that I'm fluid. A reminder to me that I'm not who, what I think I am and that there's always possibility right around the corner if I just give myself the freedom to open up to it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I realized as I was asking you those questions that there's this part of me that is so audacious, but I think it helps me with who I am called to be on the planet. Like there is a part of me that's like, of course we can raise $20 million. Yes. Of course we can make the movie. Yes. Of course that if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. Yeah. yeah. Or help other people and inspire other people. Like, of course you can do that. Yeah. Of course you can write that. Of course that. you can write the novel. Yes. Of course you can become that thing. Of course yeah. you can open that business. Yeah. yeah. And I think the reason that people feel so empowered and so good in your presence is because you really, like, oh, yeah. it's not put on. No. You really believe it. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, I have in my own life often borrowed your belief in me when I didn't have it for myself. And I think that's a gift of what we can give each other in community. And that's what we give each other. Yeah. That's all of the questions we have today. How fun. And there's still more iced coffee left. Oh my gosh. How exciting. Thank you friends for listening and thank you for your questions. And uh, I can't wait to hear more questions. I think this is a really fun format. Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet. And if you like this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C period R period E period A period T period E period community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend?